Welcome to episode two of Four Spikes. As always, I'm your host, Jonathan, with my co-host, Greg. How's it going? Pretty good. Today, we're going to jump right in. We're going to talk a little bit about the Pro Amsterdam Hall of Fame. We're going to go over some shout-outs, and we're going to go over some Scars spoilers, which yeah. just came out. Lots and lots of lots and lots and lots of spoilers for you guys. Yeah, we're not going to go over all of them, and there's other shows that are going over every you know, mundane one. little thing, but we're, we'll talk about some of the new stuff. Yeah, we're going to talk about the ones we're most excited about because it's our show and we can talk about it. <laughs> Last weekend was uh, Pro Tour Amsterdam. On day three, they had some announcements for us for the Hall of Fame, which will be, they'll actually be inducted at World. Yep. The three people that were inducted from France, Gabriel... Gabriel, I can rip a crew from the top and have <laughs> all my best. mana already ready. <laughs> right. The so Gabriel Crew Ultimatum Nasif gets there. Um as he should. And uh from the US, Brian uh we'll call him Matrix Hands Kibler. I think that's what you titled him last name. <laughs> yeah, sounds sounds him. good. And from Japan, Tamaharo Face Slap and Saito. <laughs> the guy is a phenom, amazing at magic and will slap his face regularly during matches. And, you know, some nice little names for the guys who, congratulations to each of them, doing a great job, and they all deserve it. I couldn't think of anyone better. Except, I really thought, I was, I was actually pretty disappointed that Bram Snapfinger didn't get there. One vote. Yeah, one, one vote. Yeah. You know who, I, who I, I blame? I blame Miro, because he voted for Mike Long. Mike Long. He voted for Mike Long because of all the things that he's done, the positive things that he's done for Magic. He said, in spite of all of the negative things that he's done towards Magic, number one cheater <clears throat> all time, arguably. I mean, honestly, Mike Long is the reason why a lot of people from when um, I used to play Magic a long, long time ago. He's the single reason that a lot of them didn't go to PTQs, didn't drive to play in bigger events because they thought that every Magic player was like Mike Long, that every Magic player would do anything to cheat their way into a higher stage, which is not, which is not how bigger events are. Like right. the majority of the people you go to are great. And, friendly, and, and, fun, like well, it's an awesome atmosphere. And we have, yeah, and we have a wonderful judging teams now who who do a great job in, in keeping all that in check and, and props to them for all the hard work they do. Now, I don't know, you know, I'm not going to make the accusations about Mike Long. I only know what I've read and I haven't witnessed it personally, but uh, I definitely think that Snapfinger has done a lot for the game, especially to boost up that part of the world. His country has really gained a lot from his insight from his activity and as someone who has done some organizing myself i can really appreciate all the hard work he's put into it and all the time and effort and everything else he'd had to do to to bring him up so it's you know we'd have liked to see him it's there, real, think, yeah right? it's real unfortunate one one vote i mean there, there are a couple people that we we, we really like too like steve o'malley short i mean there's, oh yeah there's, oh yeah. that's for sure yeah like and, and so unfortunate that so many of the newer players just you know, don't know who he is, and as a result, you know, just didn't. Oh, Steve Olmesh should definitely, definitely, definitely have gotten as well. Yeah. But I just, I, yeah, I mean, yeah. both of those so, guys. Those are the, those are the two that we really wish, you yeah. know, got there and, and didn't. But but all props to the three that did yeah. get in. I mean, we have no, no no problem with with this list of three. No, uh, phenomenal. So definitely. you know, and and especially 
you know, props especially to Kibler for being able to leave, come back, and still just perform at such a high level. It's it's just awesome. Although, um, yeah, it would have been cool to see Steve Omas, and I, I that's a shame. Hopefully next year we'll see, and hopefully Snapfanger will, will definitely get there. He really deserves it for all the hard work he's put in. Moving right along. I talk uh, about scars. Okay. Are you as excited as I am? I'm pretty excited. Today okay. was, you know, it's, it's been a fun week. Like, they've... They've like just been beating us up with spoilers left oh, and right. Man. Just like here's five, here's five. Oh, we're gonna give you a couple planeswalkers. Oh, another one. Like just well, when insane. they when they started off with that with that six six worm for six, you're just like, like cool. But uh, well, I was I was pretty excited. I was like, sure. man, this is awesome. Okay, so they've given us the awesome fatty. You know, my inner Timmy comes out, and it's and it's you know has potentials maybe like constructed play. I think it could see play and block. You know, we'll see. But it looked pretty cool. And then they're just coming out with these planeswalkers. Are coming out with this, you know, new dynamics, new mechanics. They're really doing a great job. And and I think the pacing of it's pretty cool too. Like, well, a steady they, level. They of kept everything so tight. Like they they timed things really well yeah. with this set. I think. I mean, they had nationals. All this excitement for Nash was pumped real hard, and then all of a sudden, PT Amsterdam, which honestly I think that not a lot of people knew about it. Once it was upon us, you knew what was going on as things were going on. The Hall of Fame, people have been talking about the Hall of Fame for months, and then all of a sudden, right at the end of the Hall of Fame, now we start getting spoilers. I mean, there was literally like, what, two spoilers? I mean, sort of, it's it's sort of green and blue. The the worm was really all that we had before, you know, last weekend. Yeah, they had and, the... Uh, and Scars comes out, pre-releases in like two weeks. Yeah, so it's really it doing a good job of building up the, you know, and the pacing is great, and, the, and really Wizards has stepped up their marketing, so good good job. We each decided that instead of going over it, we're, gonna, we're each going to pick two that we wanted to talk about, and then we're going to save the one that we both agree is the best for last, so why don't you start off with your first pick? And by first pick, just interesting, not necessarily the best. There are cards that a million other podcasts have talked about, Mox Opal and Venser, like you're going to hear that on any other po- podcasts. We reserve the right to maybe talk about them later <laughs> <laughs> yeah right that's the way right. so there are two one is a black car that i can't really pronounce it's skitherings the blight dragon we'll come up with a new name we'll probably just say blight dragon for now he's a black um she's a black um i think four four for five. four four for five so two black three colorless here we go we got it right here yep uh legendary dragon skeleton that has flying in fact for two black mana can be regenerated, and for one black dragon gains haste until end of turn, which is kind of interesting. But a flying, like an evasive four four five drop that has that has in fact and the ability to re- to to save itself with regenerate, to me is just insane for limited. Mm-hmm. Like, well, it's a total I, limited bomb. I see that card and I go, holy crap! I'm killing somebody. In, you know, honestly, with proliferate in the set, I, I fully expect to be able to to swing the turn it comes into play because I can give it haste for the one black. So if I if I've got some access to to three black and six mana on that given turn, I'm gonna be swinging in, and then the next turn I'm gonna be swinging in for the kill. Can you tell he's excited? Like, <laughs> like don't get me wrong there are poten- potentially ways of, of killing it and that's one thing we can talk about later the lack of common spoiled means it's really hard to really get a grasp on what it looks like for, right. from a limited standpoint right. because we don't know how much removal colorless or color you know we don't really know right barring the standard expectations for some removal we're going to have some removal black is 
one of the hardest colors to deal with when we're talking about creatures. So having this black guy that can get regenerated so you're not going to be able to easily burn him out right. just seems insane. Like, I, I see the card and I think Draina. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't want to get a bunch of hate mail of, oh, my God, you just compared, you know, one of the, the biggest bombs in the It's not Draina. It doesn't have the ability to instant it's a 4-4 four, four flyer for 5. So it's kind of like Draina. It is reminiscent. Yeah. But it's totally different. It's not It's not Windmill Slam, you know, best card in limited. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that. But the card, and the card all, is insane. And it's all relative to this set, right? We're Absolutely. Really, which is why we really need right. to see the comments, which is, we're going to be saying that all day. We need to see the comments to be able to understand, you know, how many of these cards are going to be easily dealt with or not. Sure. So that's that's my first one. Okay. What's your and first that's, one? that's a pretty good one. Um, and I agree. I think it looks like an awesome limited card. And... Uh, the one last thing I want to say about that is it's interesting to have it instead of just being six mana for a four four haste, which I think is what they normally do. They just add in a little bit of extra to give it haste. Although if it was one less converted mana cost, probably wouldn't have haste. But giving it the ability to have haste and that kind of versatility is pretty interesting. Um, I don't know with, with infect and in, in, I mean, which is effectively whether on defense, right? That's I mean, that's pretty crazy just to put the dude out there that sure. you know can blo- can protect a planeswalker or whatever. I mean, depends on what you're trying to do, but in a limited context, sure, seems real good. This seems good. So okay, so anyway, it's uh, and and the other thing is that how relevant is regeneration going to be if there's gonna, if there's going to be a lot of infect out there? So moving on, my first pick is a white card that probably you've heard about quite a bit, and you can guess I'm talking about the Planeswalker, Elspeth, Tyrell, or Tyrell, or whatever, however you pronounce I think, it. I have Tyrell, but, Tyrell. you know, these I'll aren't say. real words, so you can, whatever you say is Well, it sounds like a guy fun. I went to middle school with, actually, but <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Elspeth, Tyrell, or Tyrell, so five mana, three white, white, uh, four loyalty, it has three abilities, the first ability, plus two, gain one life for each creature you control, second ability, minus two, put three... One one white soldier tokens into play, uh, or onto the battlefield now, and minus five destroy all other permanents except for lands and tokens. Meaning you get to keep Elspeth out, and you can kill other planeswalkers, which is pretty freaking cool. Now this seems I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, so please write in with your ideas. But it does not seem as good as the original Elspeth, mainly because five instead of four is a world of difference, and I also like the idea of being able to have not just all the abilities pump, but also, you know, pumping out one ones and giving plus three plus three in evasion was so huge. This also gives you one ones, it gives you three at a time, but right there you're knocking it down to uh, bolt range or burst lightning range or a, you know, or, or a um, stagger shock range or whatever. It's, you, you can deal with it easier and it costs more, therefore... I totally agree with you that it is okay. it is it is not it is not the original Elspeth. But However, does... there's some interesting there's some interesting things that are in this set arguably better than in the set that Elspeth originally came in. Particularly, notice that the starting the starting loyalty is four plus two ability minus two ability and and minus five ability with proliferate. You can potentially play Elspeth. Play the right and use the ultimate right away. Right, and to be to be only one away from the ultimate, to, to be able to do that right away and have it board sweep everything except tokens and lands. Right, that's incredible. Like that's 
That's insane, especially when we haven't seen any board sweepers in any of our other in any of our other mythics or rares yet in right. in a set. And when it says all other permanents except lands and tokens, that's all the permanents. So in in an artifact set, to be able to wipe away everything that anybody is doing, if somebody's playing a bunch of mirrors, a bunch of little man producing artifacts, they're gone. I think the card is real good. Again, it costs five, and you need to have something with proliferate already out there. I think most of the stuff we've seen so far is four to six or whatever, and we haven't seen anything real cheap with with an exception, which we'll talk about a little bit. But it's a you know, it's an interesting card with an interesting dynamic, and being able to put three one ones into play immediately and so so insane. It's nothing to to sneeze at, and. It seems like it's going to have some potential implications for Standard. Again, it's probably not going to see as much play as the other Elspeth, but it does seem like you can get a lot of use out of it. So moving along, Greg, what's your next pick? The Grand Architect. It is a um, blue creature, Vendelkin Artificer. It costs two blue and one colorless. All other blue creatures you control get plus one, plus one. It's a one, three that has two abilities. One, tap a blue Target artifact creature becomes blue until end of turn. Um, note that you do not have to tap this guy to do that, so you can do it to potentially multiple creatures. Tap an untapped blue creature you control. Add two colorless to your mana pool. Spend this ability, th this mana, only to cast artifact spells or activate abilities of artifacts. This guy seems like a combo waiting to happen. I'm so curious to see what other things are both at the um, at the common slot and the uncommon slot. Um, in particular, because I think this guy can be just a windmill slam in limited. I think that the fact that it can make other creatures, other you know, artifact creatures into blue creatures and give them the plus one, plus one, and then be able to do these different things. Like mirrors plus this guy seems really good. Like I just think that this guy has a lot of potential. I'm curious to see how useful and how important that that last ability can be. If you've got, there's this other bomb in the set that is... Kind of awkward because it's so expensive. An eight eight for eight that says that you can't lose or gain life. That guy, if you've got him in your in, in your in, in your deck, he's gonna be real hard to get in without cheating him in. There are a couple of ways of doing that. This I think is one of those ways. So like he's to me, he is a utility card that says you can play any of the crazy bombs that you've got and and do some of the crazy antics that you're trying to do. So like I I really like him again for limited. I don't I don't really know at all what 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 um what standard is going to look like honestly it, it's it's so hard all we really know is what's leaving we don't know what's coming so as a yeah. result it's real hard yeah we're not going to speculate that much on standard right now but grand architect seems interesting i don't know how good it's going to be i'm not as excited about it but i will say that it's reminiscent of another ability that used to be around in antiquities they had lots of stuff that said tap or colorless mana but you can only use it to cast activate artifact spells abilities so it's kind of cool to get back to that and i mean i i think i think to be able to, to effectively you know tap one blue and maybe you know maybe a mirror or sus something of that nature even if there's and even if you've got a sort of body in mind and trying to get them on cheaper you know just to do some of these little these little trinkety things to to be successful i mean that's that's a that qualifies doesn't it activate ability of an artifact to to equip yep so I mean I I I think that that card is not an obvious oh my god but I think that you will see in limited 
where everything's artifacts for the most part. Even, I think it's going to be just, good. I think it's going to be Even good. just pumping up all your other blue guys is good. If you have totally. a bunch of little blue guys, giving all plus one, plus one is fine. I mean, that's really good. Well, you I mean, so. the fact you don't have to, to tap the guy, he can be, I mean, he can be attacking, although he doesn't, I mean, as a one throw, you're not going to be attacking with this guy. Like, if you get him out there, you, you're, you're effectively, you, know, you can well, protect him. Just giving your all the other blue guys plus one, plus one makes him really good and limited, I think. The other abilities, I'm not sure about, but that, of course, makes him, I think, very good limited. And I would definitely, uh, with what I've seen so far, draft. I'm making your Thromming Bird a 2-2 instead of a 1-1. One, one, you know, 2 for 2-2 two, two flyer. Thromming Bird's a 1-1 a one, one that costs one blue and a colorless. He's a flying bird. And then when he come, whenever he deals damage to a player, proliferate. Right, and especially if any of the blue cards, I don't know if they will or not, but if they have an infect, you know, that obviously makes it better. I mean, just that ability on, on Grand Architect, I think, makes him good. Now... Uh, moving on to my last pick of the new set. I don't know how much other people are going to dig this, so you guys just bear with me on this. I'm incredibly excited about a card called Steady Progress. It's two and a blue, so three converted mana cost for an instant, has proliferate, and it has draw a card. So for two and a blue, end of turn, or during combat, or after someone pyroclasms or whatever, you proliferate and give extra minus one minus one counters to your opponent's guys, pump up your planeswalker to save them, whatever, and it cycles. You draw a card right away off of it. So I was actually talking to uh, buddy Lewis Kaplan the other night, and I was telling him, you know, I think that's probably the most exciting card, especially right away in Limited. I think it'll be a little bit of a sleeper. People might pass it later than think it should go because it doesn't look that exciting right away. But to me... It's it's you know at a common level it's gonna it's gonna be you know something that potentially could. I didn't I didn't realize it was a common. Like I thought it was an uncommon. Like I I, I legitimately thought that card was an uncommon. Proliferates to me seems not so strong. Now we didn't talk about it, um, but basically what proliferate does is a mechanic. It's a new mechanic that says that whatever any counters that you have, you get to choose and increase that quantity uh, the quantity of those counters so if it's a negative one counter on, on a creature you can make another one if it's a plus one plus one you can make another one if it's a poison counter you can you can give your opponent another one so it's really really great with in fact i mean that's that's the idea right but the card as a common level i didn't realize Which that they were going to put proliferate well, as, a, as a common it's I didn't funny even realize, didn't realize that because we talked about this last night and I said the exact text cards and I said that it was a common I'm not and that's why I, I liked it. I didn't realize <laughs> that. So, anyway, funny. nevertheless, it's, it's spoilers. Honestly, that. people are going to be are, are misreading and misinterpreting based on their misreadings all throughout it. Phone yeah. calls at 10 o'clock. <laughs> so anyway, steady progress, I think, to me is, is and this is what I was going to say before Greg went crazy with the hand signals and I got a little off topic <laughs> because he went nuts that he finally realized it was a common, which I mentioned to him last night a couple of times and did not register, but that's okay. Uh, I was mentioning Lewis Kaplan, who is a buddy of mine, and he said a really interesting observation, which is that it reminds him of Venerated Teacher from uh, Rise of Eldrazi, which was two and a blue, of course, for a 2-2 two -two that you can for free level up all the other creatures that you have. And I would say that it, I think it potentially could fit a spot like that. It's an interesting at common um, dynamic to cycle itself. And, and like I said, it could be a cool combat trick. It could, you, you can do a lot of things with it. But why I like it is because at first glance, it doesn't look that powerful. So it might go pretty late in drafts until people start to realize that it fits in the set really well and it can fit with the dynamics. So 
I'm gonna call it right now Steady Progress, one of my favorites. Now AKA the new the new cheaty face. We'll just call it that. We'll start saying that. I'm not gonna say that. But his anyway. veterinary teacher was definitely cheaty face, and I think it should be called cheaty face. Now that I realize that it's a common because because I said it last night. Okay, yeah. so going on. Uh, I'm not going to call it Chief Face, so I just think it's a good card and it'll be underdrafted. So I think it's time to get to our favorite pick. What do you think? Absolutely. Okay. We've heard a lot about this in the build-up to it and at PAX and everything else. People are really uh, drumming it up. We heard about Koth. If you haven't seen this card yet, you might want to take a pause, get to a computer, and make sure that you check it out. Not just because the art's phenomenal, but also because you might not believe us when you hear what the card actually does. Okay, so Greg, take Okay, so I'm gonna talk about this, particularly because of Alexis, we know you're out there and you hate the card and you're a red player. Which by the way, you didn't text me back when I said you're no longer able to complain that red doesn't <laughs> get its fair share. So you're always complaining about that and check it out. Now red gets it and red is a, red is a substantial player, even though it was before actually, but it's not losing, it's losing a lot, but this is really giving it an oomph. So, okay, so obviously it's a red, red Planeswalker, we, we just mentioned that, but um, it's red, red two, so it's a four cost Planeswalker, which, you know, we'll talk about till the death. Four and five is such a critical difference. So it comes in with three loyalty. The plus one ability is untapped target mountain. It becomes a four four red elemental creature elemental creature until end of turn. It's still a land. The minus two is add red to your mana pool uh, for each mountain you control. Mm -hmm. And the negative five is you get an emblem. Emblem in case you, you didn't have this explained to you yet. Emblem is basically the new the new verbiage for for the rest of the game. So if, it's, if it says you get an emblem, that means that for the rest of the game, blah. So negative five, you get an emblem with mountains you control have tap. This land deals one damage to target creature or player. <laughs> so it makes all of your lands Timmy's <laughs> or yeah. prodigal, you know, prodigies or whatever whatever name that you've come across over the course of your magic history. You know that that tap it to deal one to the face or to the creature or whatever and reusable, yeah. just insano. So, like, okay. So why uh, do you, why do why do you like this card, Greg? A big part of why I like this card is because I think that it's so underrated. And yeah, day one, I believe a planeswalker is underrated, now, and on. I say that mainly because of hold all on. of. Yep. Let's 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 take a step back though. It's underrated. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna back up the we're gonna back up the comment truck. That's what that sound was. If you didn't realize, <laughs> uh, and and we're just gonna get. I want to give a little bit of context before you go into that. Greg and I are both pretty excited about this. Greg was so excited, he put a posting on his Facebook about it. And after he put a posting, he got all these people saying how terrible it was, right? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, not so everybody, but, basi but basically. So, like, and honestly, I mean, I look at this card and I, I think, wow, like, red players are going to be like, hey, we don't have to do this, all this crap that dies at the end of the turn. And, you know, like, okay, so red deck wins, lost a lot of things. You know, I don't have a 6-1 trample, you know, that comes that dies in a turn. Understandable. There's reasons to be upset. I don't have a, a, a cheaty face cascade, you know, 3-2. That's two, the dude. biggest thing. Like, Bloodbraid Elf, Blood you know, Elf we're not, I mean, have huge implications. Huge, and we're not d debating that or disputing that in any way, shape, or form because Sorry, you'd, be, you'd, be, you'd, you'd, be, you'd be a fool, fool too because... I mean, Bud Braid Elf is format defining. So, Absolutely. However, I mean, though Red is losing all the unearthed cards, and I imagine, you know, one card, even if there are four of it, you know, it can't replace that. There are other cards that really weren't a part of, of that Red 
um, archetypes that weren't really being played. One of those examples is Kargan Dragonlord. And I think that this card and that card go so well together in an archetype of red that maybe wasn't um, viable before because it wasn't maybe fast enough or what you know it wasn't it wasn't the aggro try and deal all the f damage to the face as much as possible kind of strategy that they had before. Lightning Bolt still you know that's in M11. Lightning Bolt's gonna be here. I mean Pyroclasm. In M11, that's going to be here. So when we talk about standard, we really don't want to talk about standard too much because we're not we're not interested in trying to pretend we know what all those cards that haven't been spoiled are because those are going to be real important. But when you start looking at that in terms of, okay, I'm a standard player. I, I like to play competitively. What am I going to do? You want to start looking at what archetypes might, might exist out there. And this card single-handedly makes an archetype of big red viable again. Now, don't get me wrong, it might not be great. It might be tier two, it and might be tier red, one, but, but you mean, we don't know. You mean Ponzas, right? Yes. For the old school players. Sure. <laughs> so, like, you know, just let's play a, a dragon turn two and by turn five have him be an 8-8. Let's Seems deal a bunch of damage through the air, you know? <laughs> and I can't... I can't get over the, the ultimate on this, which I think is is particularly underrated. Like, people compare it to, to, to Chandra Nalar. I don't understand why. Play them both. It's a Koth. It's not a Chandra. Like, play them both. Don't don't worry about that crap. So when you when you look at this when you look at this ultimate. When people compare the, it to Chandra anyway, that's it's nothing like Chandra Nalar's it's, it's, ultimate. It's, it's, There's it's, such different It's nothing like it's nothing like either Chandra, other than the fact all, that Chandra you know it pisses costs, on a blaze. Yeah, it causes <laughs> It costs five. That's which is which is epically difference. different. That it's that is that is the, 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 the that is that is the end of the conversation though because conversation. You're, you can't compare you know two costs and five costs after the very beginning of the conversation. Plus, Shantra deals one damage for plus one. This deals four damage for plus one. Very different. <laughs> and untaps. You can you can just use it to to protect them if you need if you want to you can you can you well, can leave exactly it there to protect I mean, them but 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 you if can, you you can leave if, a bolt man after you yes. play him to stop a hasty guy from killing him for example correct um, also you can do, I mean you can do other other tricks I mean I, I just I really like um, I like the the potential era of red that it, we're coming into with with Koth, with with Kargan and with destructive force. Think about what you could do with Destructive Force with this guy to just wipe out the board and your you know everything that your opponent is trying to do. Like like you can go, you can you can Destructive Force on you know if you use the if you use the second ability you could do it arguably turn you know the turn after you put him into play. And doing that, having him sit there by himself, the first time you play a land, you now have a four four and all their dudes are dead. You know like. It just seems real, real strong and in a new era of red. I think that there are still some things to really fill that out, but I think that's true with all of the new archetypes because we've, we know what we've lost, all of these sets. What have we gained? We've, we only know so far a third or less of this set. I mean, we're at like 65 of like right. the, the 250. So, so, Koth, so Koth, Greg is obviously excited. Now, Greg is talking about all the great... First of all, before we even talk about that, I'm just going to mention... Adrian Sullivan has got to be jumping through his sandals right now. <laughs> I know that, you know, he is a red mage through and through. And if anyone that doesn't know, first of all, I'm sure you know who Adrian is because he's phenomenal. But if anyone doesn't, 
Google him, check him out, read some of his articles. Great player, great guy. He's from Ma- he's from Madison. He's, he's got an Madison. article on uh, articles on Star City Games. And and just to, he has a very interesting approach to the game, but he definitely likes his red, and this is definitely up his alley. So I'm really excited to hear his thoughts on it once those come out. And I remember actually when I was uh, traveling across the country with some guys from Indiana, and Adrian was coming. We were PTQing and Grand Prix and stuff, and we were at this. Uh, bus station i think it was the badger bus station or something or catching a ride somewhere anyway and he was you know adrian is a really good guy and and really personable really funny and back then especially he's really kind of a stereotypical madison you know kind of hippie looking guy and nothing wrong with that but that's just how we brought it and I remember we were sitting at the bus, so we were just talking whatever. I think we had some, we were doing like drafting random things that were not necessarily magic related. I don't remember what we were talking about. But anyway, there was this uh, really pretty girl. And I and Adrian's got a couple of years on me, so I was like 15 or 14 at the time. Maybe it was 15, I think it was 15. Anyway, it doesn't matter. And there's this really pretty girl sitting at the bus station all by herself, and right away... Adrian, you know, and people say whatever they want, but back then, anyway, I don't know, I haven't hung out in a while, but he had more game than Parker Brothers, and he just got the, like, whatever, so, you know, a hot butter through knife. So, props to Adrian on, on the mad skills with busting out the, the Lady Tech five minutes after talking about magic, but props on him for, for his, his love of red, and I'm curious to see what he's going to with this, because Koth is going to be stone cold for him. Now, I want to just talk about some, you've talked about the great parts, but I want to talk about some stuff that I think is a little questionable about him. So, sure. you know, we're not getting too excited. Sure. Okay. No, we're not, we're not going to overstay anything like we did last week with Lavalanche. <clears throat> Got a lot of hate mail about Lavalanche, which is understandable. Yeah. I, 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 after, after review <laughs> was a little overstated. I was just saying, Hey, you know, if it's there and I'm already in those colors, i.e., I'm not picking them first, guys. <laughs> yeah, listen. He's not windmill slam all on first pick, but <laughs> no. if it's third pick and he's got the black box, that's a windmill slam. <laughs> but if I'm already solidly in two of those colors, which means that we're at least like halfway through the damn packs. <laughs> right. Anyway. So uh, that means if it's third pick. So anyway, no, I love Lanch is fine. Whatever. I don't know. I, anyway, anyone who's giving Greg hate mail for them, when he beats your face and during cube, you'll start to appreciate love a little more. But I agree, I wouldn't pick it that high. But anyway, <laughs> so Koth, uh, some of the downsides. Okay, so it doesn't protect itself particularly well. It's for loyalty right away after you use its plus one, or it goes right away to one. So if they have creatures on the board, it doesn't produce a creature, doesn't kill a creature. It doesn't give you a lot of loyalty to bump it up to. Four is not that much, although it is significantly better than three, and that's that's a huge difference. But four isn't, isn't a huge amount. Because, well, anyway, so that's one issue with it. Another issue with it is that it, uh, it's minus two doesn't give you anything like Elspeth's minus. At least that gives you three guys to protect it. So even its minus ability doesn't protect it. Although, if you're getting all that mana, hopefully... Yeah, like late game. Like something uh, like, with that. Anyway. But, um, so those are some of the issues. Those, those, I think, are the only, like, really valid criticisms to my mind that come up and we'd love to hear yours if you want to email us giving you four damage and it's not necessarily four damage each turn and and also it's versatile because you can untap your opponent's stuff you can 
you know that that can have you can you can arguably I mean depending on the situation it seems a little narrow but you could potentially if you need to kill their land you you know if they have a, right. if they have a mountain you can make it into a creature that you can make that it a creature be, that, that can be and that dealt can, with easier than that can be land. relevant in like mirror matches that can be relevant then maybe against a Valkyrie ramp deck that can be relevant sometimes so let's not scoff at that minus two ability just seems to, that's the most exciting to me Absolutely. the minus five is nowhere near as exciting to me as the minus two although I'm sure to a lot of people it's the opposite but. Being able to, because you cast this guy on turn four, you have, you know, three or four mountains on turn five, and you get to untap with this and just go nuts. I mean, the it's it's really a shot in the arm for red. I'm really excited to see. And the thing that I really like about this particular Planeswalker is that it offers... It, it certainly has a direction it's going in, but it offers a lot of versatility and flexibility. Absolutely. So people can go in different ways with it, and that's that's what's success. And I think it might even have implications outside of standard and block. And yeah, yeah like, like turn four, there are obvious things that you can do with it, but, you know, use its possibility. Turn seven, turn nine, if you're still in the game, if you, like... And you finally you get this guy. Your negative your negative ability to have to generate that much mana. There's no reason at that point if you, if you're playing them that you should not be able to kill your opponent with a fireball or with a, a bane fire or whatever. Like like it gives it gives red reach that I don't reach. think that red had before. Yeah. And that's and that's why I really like them is, well, that, is the reach. And that's and that's why I also think that the, that the ultimate is relevant because reusable pingers is 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 really good from a reach standpoint oh the ultimate is insane if you can get it off for sure so the thing that i'm most excited about overall is that red finally has a viable planeswalker thank you watsy thank you designers thank you great r&d team i'm super excited to play with this i'm gonna want to crack packs and if i see this guy i'm gonna windmill slam i might do a little dance i might do one of those packer touch you know, i might do a little you know lambo leap I'm going to be pretty excited. I'm going to keep it real. I might wouldn't have signed this guy. Yeah. And it's finally a Red Planeswalker that we can play. Now, I was reading online a little bit on, on Mike Flores's, and he was yeah. saying, you said that he was saying it's better than Jace? Since you, okay, first of all, before we get hate mail, hate mail and before he gets hate mail, the, the particular quote was in non-vintage formats. Non-vintage formats. Okay, so, I mean, because in vintage... Jason just not so, but he he is saying though that means that he is saying in standard that he thinks this guy is better than Jace, and in extended he thinks that he this guy is better than Jace, okay. which is which is saying a lot. I saying a lot. Now he gets he gets beat up a bunch um, by Gavin Fairhe and by Patrick Chapin and by a bunch of people that are, you know you know well documented how much they love Jace, but I think it's interesting from a conversation standpoint well, to think like about this. the different like when scenarios I, when, you, when you told me that that's what he was doing to me it's like well it might be more about just yeah sparking conversation saying something controversial to get the and props like that's always welcome because the more conversation you have the more conversations you can have and that's helpful for the game and that's helpful for the culture of it so uh i think that he might just have been saying it just to you know just to go over things um and we are going to take a quick break uh, right now. My lovely and talented girlfriend is getting ready for dinner, so we're going to have some chicken in return. Sounds good. <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll be back.
welcome back to Four Spikes. We are done with our intermission and going to wrap up the rest of the show. So final thoughts on Koth are he is really, really good, nowhere near as good as Jace, and neither of us have Agreed. any idea where Michael Flores is coming from on that. It's completely redonkadonk. We're just going to leave it at that. But he is really good and really excited that Red finally gets a Planeswalker to play with. That's dope. Okay, so Greg, you had a couple last thoughts. So um, during during the intermission, we we talked to our friend Max, um, Ooh. and another and he, Milwaukee great. Yeah, who's who's currently at in grad school at Duke. Uh, shout out to Duke. So um, he talked a little bit about Grand Architect. He also thinks that it's pretty phenomenal, given the fact that right after it comes into play, you can tap the architect itself and or if you have point. you know for for two mana that can be used to you know play a spell or use an ability for artifact um or and potentially if you have another blue spell already in play grant this is turn spell, three blue i mean creature. blue creature if you play him turn three you can potentially use it as a ramping engine to you know play a turn you know a, a four cost artifact so that's pretty cool well he and and that's a good point is that i wasn't at all talking about his implications for constructor just for limited but in constructed it might be a cool piece to ramp out and and we're gonna have to see with everything else but you might be able to like turbo out a mind slaver or whatever and that's pretty cool and you know that's a fair point that you can use them right away so um we also want to talk a little bit about the other mechanics that we haven't talked about um quick shout out to imprint imprint is back imprint was in mirrodin I'm, i'm i'm confident the majority of our listeners know what imprint is but basically when you play X, that spell, you also take a card from your hand and you imprint on the card. Oh, and it doesn't have to be from your hand. Okay. Because we have, for example, Duplicate, which takes a creature out. We have stuff that you know imprints from the graveyard. We have this new spell that's a 5 for a 2-2 two, two, that you look at the top four cards, put one of them under it. That's the quote-unquote sure. imprint. Although that doesn't seem very imprinty to me. I don't know why that's called imprint, not something else. I guess it would be hard to find another uh, mechanic to call that, but... It's it doesn't really feel like an imprint type ability, but anyway, so we know what imprint is, but we got a new one out, right? Yeah, it's called um, Metalcraft, which basically Metalcraft is kind of like Landfall in in that it, it has something to do with if this criteria is met, then right. blah. So the criteria for Metalcraft is if you have three artifacts. I don't think it's artifact. I think they're artifacts. Three artifacts, artifacts in play. Yeah. So uh, we've seen this on a number of different things. There's a, there's a green creature. I think he's like a, he's like a four four. I think he's a four drop. Might be a five drop. I think he's a no, four, four drop. drop. Two and green green. Yeah, and if he's got metalcraft, and if and if metalcraft, he gets plus four plus four and trample and, and tr- yeah. So there's that. There's a two two bear that becomes a four four. There's some other stuff, but metalcraft is a new ability. Yeah, so that that, that has that has some interesting uh, potential for for Mirrodin and in you know as we go forward within it makes, the it makes the Shatterstorm stars. really good. Yeah, it does. It does. I mean, you can you can you can blow people out. I I I can't wait to see the commons and uncommons. I cannot emphasize this enough. Um, I'm really interested in, in seeing some of the limited imp- implications, and I don't right. really think we can do that. Well, and I think part know. of that reason is that the next, you know, we're looking forward to sealed season. Absolutely. And we want to master the format and do as well as we can, and we want to queue. Yeah, we want to. We're, we're, we're PTQ goers. Yeah. <laughs> like, and we're I, excited. We've I got really it. want to queue this season because I love sealed, and I, you know, just have a lot of fun at all the time with the new set, and I love being able to figure out the new mechanics. So we're really looking forward to that because. We're focusing our minds around limited, and the rares and the mythics are not almost not at all relevant. Yeah, I mean it's important. You need to know, but I mean if you got a rare that's good, you're gonna windmill slam it probably anyway. I mean that's 
That's great. Understanding all those other inter interactions and what what your second pick is and what your third pick is is, in my opinion, you know, a, a, a very very critical aspect of being good at at, at playing it in terms of, of, of drafting, of drafting. And, and also you know and being able to build a deck where you know you have to balance the mana and, and everything else and the, and yeah so really the commons and uncommons are what we're looking forward to from that perspective so metalcraft is pretty cool you think it's i mean how it's it feels pretty it's it, it feels it feels um you know very flavorful i mean i i think that it, it has a lot of upward potential um it keeps things from being too Utterly busted. I mean, it's like a fixed version of Affinity, right? Sure. Isn't that what you said? I, I, you? I may I may have made made a comment of that nature. I think that's what you said. I think that was your comment. Someone said that to me. I think it was you a couple weeks ago, or no, no, weeks ago, a couple when, days yeah, ago. Yeah, one month. I think. And yeah, it's like Affinity was just unfair. But this is like not fun. Not fun. <laughs> lots, lots of words like that. Come yeah, in. this is like an affinity that's it. It has something to do with artifacts. It makes sense within the set. I don't read the stories, though. I'd love to if you want to explain what's going on in the sure. Dominaria world or whatever world they're on these days. That'd be awesome. But Mirrodin. you know, Mirrodin, whatever that that makes sense. But it's 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 also one that seems completely reasonable as opposed to something completely unreasonable that we saw before. Yeah, I agree. I like Metalcraft. Um, I agree with Greg on that. And moving right along, we'll go into our shout-out section. We got a lot of good feedback from our first episode. Thank you so much to everyone who gave us that feedback. We really appreciate it. We love hearing from you. And I got... Although... I'm still, I still have another couple weeks before my birthday party, so please continue to send in ideas and continue to send in what you'd like to see for my birthday. Uh, Kurt K. gave some good suggestions today, something of a grand melee nature, which sounds actually incredibly fun, but I want to... Explain wanna... that. What's, what's a grand melee? Well, <laughs> this is how it was explained to me. I would love to try this format out. You sit all the players around at one table. There are two simultaneous turns going on. You each have kind of like in poker, you know, you have a marker dealer. Sure, know? sure. So you kind of you, you kind of have like two markers going around the table. There's two turns simultaneously going on, so you're not waiting forever. You can only attack. I believe it's attack to your left, defend to your right, and each person you kill, you get a point. Okay. And if you survive to the end of it, you get two points. Which disincentivizes decks that are just going to be totally controlling and not doing anything because you You're only get two points. two points. Sure. Um, another way to do it, it would be to just give out packs and then at the end give out a grand prize for whoever had the most packs, which is something to do for my birthday. So sounds like an interesting idea. I would love to play it, and I'm still getting more input. This was just today Kurt gave that, and I've got some other ideas from people um, Adam, once again, brought up the awesome idea of magic charades, which we tried to do last year for my birthday, but given the timing, and I had another party right after that, and it, it just didn't work out with the timing, but we got to do that magic charades. That sounds busted fun, for reals. You know what sounds, I'm saying? It sounds hilarious. It sounds, you know, because, like, hysterical. giant growth, dude, like, for real, or whatever, you know, like, awesome. <laughs> Is that mind control? Right. No, no, <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to get bigger. I'm not taking over something. Yeah, you, you, right. can, you can just imagine. Implications. You know, so so that's uh, so that's you know that's something Adam brought up to me, and we're we're still getting the feedback. But please continue to give me feedback. I'd love to hear your ideas. I'd love to hear your thoughts. And uh, let's get to some of the emails that we got. A quick shout out to Mana Screwed. It's a um, it's another it's another podcast that has has some Milwaukee folk, um, particularly um, the Beamy. Who's you know, yeah? Robert. Thank you, the Beamy. We've had we've had a number of um, they gave email some good, back and forth. Yeah, and they gave some good suggestions. They gave some good advice, and they really 
uh, they gave us a shout out. So shout out to them and thanks for all the good work. And it just goes to show that the Milwaukee market, like I said last week, is really strong. Absolutely. We have two podcasts coming out of this great city. Keep it real, son. That's represented. So uh, moving along, another... Um, Ticati, you know, uh, good old Tony C. from... Tony C. From Milwaukee. Um, gave yeah. some, some some good feedback through email. Tony, um, what up? Brad Houston. Uh, I think he gave some, <laughs> some, some, some Facebook... Uh, yeah. feedback about your birthday party yeah and, and also brad uh thanks man and congratulations on your wedding that's awesome uh you are an honest man good job <laughs> uh also thanks for pointing out the fact that flactory lich gives out flactory counters not horcruxes <laughs> but it's a horcrux to me let's keep it real son we all read harry potter we're all dorks okay so thanks brad uh thanks to tabasco tony tony laskawa for our first actually he was he our first twitter Twi- twitter yeah, we twitter just reply. started yep we, we started a Twitter uh, for Four Spikes, and it's just Four Spikes. It's the name of the show. Uh, and he was our first comment on there. So thanks, Tony, and keep listening. Uh, we'd love to hear your feedback and ideas. And we're actually using one now because he said we should have spoilers, right? Yeah, and we're he talking did, about spoilers. So see, works. The democratic process works. <laughs> God bless America. We respond to your feedback. Yes. Um, there, was this, there, was, there was a guy on... On the, MT, on the MTG cast website that put a little comment that, you know, was like, oh, Greg, you're terrible. You know, <laughs> Lava Lunch is awful. I mean, he said some other stuff that were, I think, positive, but that was the thing I remember in particular. Okay. We highly encourage more more commentary. Yes. And and feel free to, to, to call me terrible all you like. And um, please, but don't, don't insult Greg's Lava Lunch anymore because <laughs> we wanted to draft it high. <laughs> <laughs> Don't talk anymore about Lava Lunch. We wanted to keep picking it high, folks. Okay, moving along. Um, we, uh, yeah. So thanks for that. Whoever that was, who, who did we have the person? Um, it, it was. It was a. It was just like a, a screen name. It started with a no. It was okay. Um, well, thanks to you. Oh, uh, <laughs> keep the feedback coming, but don't tell Greg that anymore. Uh, okay. Alan, 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 Kai for Alan the email. Kai. Thank, thank you. I mean, we we appreciate his you know yeah. all the email feedback. Lot, and Alan Kai actually pointed out an interesting point, which is that he said you know phylactery lich. I was saying last show that it, I think it seems like a good card, right? And sure. With this new second month, all the artifacts, he agreed. Although he pointed out a really interesting idea, which I didn't consider, which is that, in fact, it's going to be prevalent in a set and therefore indestructible loses some of, you know, what makes it great. Because if it's a 5-5, five, five, but it's taking hits off indestructible, it's not as special. And that's a good point. I didn't consider that, um... Although I would say to that, you know, as long as Infect is only on creatures and not on spells, Black still has some good spot removal. It's going to have sweepers that can take out, um, you know, hopefully stuff that it's, you know, maybe it'll have some sweepers. Well, there's there's Consume the Meek right now uh, that'll take out little guys, but and, and it seems that most of the Infect guys are little. So, you know, there are some... Wait, does Consume the Meek converted mana cost 3 or less, or is it just power 3 or less? CMC, I think it's right? I think it's I think it's I think it's Kamara okay. Manikov because I think it's it's it, it smother a bunch of dudes smother so, everything so it's destroy yeah. so it doesn't matter because Flakulish is indestructible correct okay so you know I mean there are some spot removals there's some sweeper there's there's other options out there so I'll say that and I also say that thanks to uh, again the Bayme for pointing it out because the new artifact that came out this indestructible equipment is going to be great with Flak 3 Lich if that ever comes up. But um, thanks again for Al- to Alan Kai. really appreciate the feedback. We'd love to hear more. Uh, there has been others. Adam, you know, sent a shout-out to us, shout-out to you, to everyone else. Really appreciate the time. Yeah, and, all, and, and a lot of local, a lot of local people, so 
a lot of local people have have um, been really you know, supportive. Flag, yeah, yeah, flagged us down and said, you know, I want I want to check it out. I haven't checked it out yet, stuff like that. So we we definitely we definitely yeah. appreciate the feedback. I also want to give a big shout out to Allison for doing an awesome graphic and cheers. That's Greg's significant other. She's doing great work. And to my baby Diana for being supportive and for doing our intermission last week. If you heard that intermission, that was her. Uh, so thanks, Allison. Thanks, Diana. Greg, anything? No, thank you guys. Thanks. Um, and, and we'd love coming. to hear how what you guys want to hear because we want to make this show a better for you. So it's all about the magic community, all about getting it better for everyone. And we really appreciate it. So please keep it coming. So, so if you want to reach us, um, again, Four Spikes on Twitter. Um, each of us also have Twitter, uh, personal Twitter accounts. Mine is um, G3NGR3G. Um, Jonathan's is um, uh, JBROSTOFF. Yeah, and, and my personal one, just hit me up on Four Spikes because if you hit up my personal one, you're going to get a lot of my, you know, the, my work stuff and other things that you're probably not going to be interested in. So Four Spikes sure, is I, how you can find the magic stuff. Greg is much more magic focused on his. Absolutely. Mine has to do with a lot of other things I'm involved with. So, you know, you can hit me up on there or whatever, but probably better for Four Spikes. And, and our email, which is fourspikes at gmail.com. And we highly encourage you guys to, to check us out. Uh, also, in the near future, we're going to be getting a Facebook fan page. By um, now, this is posted. You might have. It, it, yeah. it very well may already be yeah, there. So, so check, check us out. out. Um, yeah, so that's, I mean, that, that kind of wraps it up. Um, we, we appreciate all the all the local support and, and some of the, you know, more, you know, non-local support. We greatly appreciate all of that. So uh, thank you, guys. Thank you, and we will see you next time. For Four Spikes, this is Jonathan and Greg signing out. Thank you.